the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dark is a stain we cannot hide. What can we do to wash it away? Look, there's flowing a crimson tide. Brighter than snow you may be today. Grace, grace. God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Take your copy of God's Word and turn with me to the book of Romans, chapter 5. If you don't have a printed copy, you may, if you have a smartphone, look on the Bible app or just go on your browser. Uh, Just put in Bible and you'll find a Bible there and turn with me to Romans chapter 5. And that's always important because I want you to know that the most important thing you'll hear as we gather together are the words of God that are, are read from Scripture. They're perfect and, the, and they're true. And that's how you'll know that I'm telling the truth, that, that I'm saying what I'm supposed to be saying is because we're, we're looking at God's Word. Have you ever been in the middle of a project or maybe in the middle of traffic or maybe just in the middle of life, and you think, there has got to be a better way. <laughs> I, I think we've all felt that. I, I think, though, when I hear that phrase, I resonate with how the children of Israel must have felt. Can you imagine being a, a God-fearer, a God-follower, knowing that you broke the law, that you sin every day, And yet, understanding that the way to get back right with God, in light of your sin, is to go find a goat or a lamb and and to sacrifice that animal to see their blood shed to make up for the punishment you deserved. That was the system. It's called the sacrificial system. Either you or a priest on your behalf would sacrifice an animal... And their blood would be shed so that your blood didn't have to be shed for that sin. I mean, just imagine, day after day, you blow it, you mess up. How, how many of you sinned this week? Let me see your hands. Well, that should be all of us. I hope your hand's up. Um, and, and so you're thinking, oh, no, here I go again. There's got to be a better way. And there was. And, and that's the message of Scripture. That, that Jesus is our, our better way. In fact, the truth of the gospel is that in Jesus we have everything we need. He is our better way. And the passage we're going to look at today in Romans chapter 5 makes that crystal clear. Or as a friend of mine likes to say, Waterford crystal clear. I mean, it's so evident that in light of it, in spite of our sinfulness, Jesus gives us everything we need. 
We're going to look at a passage that talks about two men, Adam and Jesus. And, and someone has said that these are two men that every person must confront in their life. What are you going to do about Adam? What are you going to do about Jesus? Now, those are questions I want to help you resolve. Let's pray together. So again, Father, in the name of Jesus, we've gathered. We're listening. Teach us, Lord. Give what we need, Lord. Change us, Lord. As I read again this morning in Ezekiel, I hear it again and again. You are the sovereign Lord. You know all that is. You're the master of all that is. So God, use this time in our lives for your glory. And, and Lord, would you give me the words to say and even the thoughts to think in these moments. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So here we are, Romans chapter 5. We're going to begin reading in verse 12. Let's go. Therefore, well, that's a good place to stop. Anytime you see therefore, we always look back and say, what is that therefore? In this particular case, uh, what we're looking back to is everything in Romans up to this moment, specifically that which we have learned in chapter 5 preceding verse 12. It's been talking about our justification or our salvation and what we experience as followers of Christ as a result of our salvation. So what did we experience? What did we find out? We experienced peace with God. Aren't you thankful that you can have peace with God? Praise the Lord. We experience peace with God. We experience access to the Father. So there's nothing that God has that's not available to us. Isn't that great? That's a good thing. Praise the Lord. We experience peace with God, access to the Father. Two of you are excited about that part. And then we experience joy regardless of the circumstances. Isn't that amazing? That as a follower of Jesus Christ, you can have joy uh, regardless of the circumstances. Why? Because we've learned that a part of that experience is that we're reconciled to God. That which was not right has been made right. That's the experience of the Christian life. Aren't you thankful that our faith journey is experiential, that it's not just in our head, that this is something that can make the journey from our head to our heart and be lived out through our life? It's an experience. But Romans is a book of tension. And so it's more than just an experience. There's reason for the celebration of our justification, but we constantly need to be reminded of the information about our justification, this amazing experience. So Paul goes back and forth. In order for us to fully understand the celebration, we need to be reminded of the information. And so he begins verse 12 saying, therefore, because he's going back to the facts. And that's important in our faith. We, we've learned this. In Christianity, we believe our way into our feelings. We don't feel our way into our beliefs. And that's an adjustment some of us may still need to make. You, you don't feel like worshiping God today. You, you don't feel like staying in your marriage. You don't, you don't feel like giving God your best. You, you don't feel like being financially faithful. Whatever. But, but we don't base what we do on how we feel at least not if we're healthy, we, we base what we do on our beliefs. So we talked about what we experience in our faith, and then he reminds us why we experience that. Therefore, just 
as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin. And in this way, death came to all men because all sinned. Now, in the previous chapters, Paul talked a lot about a biblical character. Do you remember who? Abraham. Because the Jewish people were struggling with the rituals that Abraham had set forth, specifically the ritual of circumcision. Do we need to experience this in order to be right with God? So Paul spent a lot of time taking them back to Abraham. Here he goes back even further. He takes us back to the very beginning. He he takes us back to Adam. He reminds us how it all began. And that's good to do sometime, isn't it? I saw someone post on social media yesterday. They had gotten one of their DNA tests. And in their DNA test, it showed what percentage they were from all these different countries and all these different regions. And their post was, it's good to know your story. It's good to know how it all began. And that's good for us spiritually, too. How did it all begin? Well, in Genesis chapter 1, in verse 1, it says, in the beginning, what? In the beginning, God. God created all that is. Everything was created for him and by him. Paul would go on to say in his letter to the Colossians. By the way, the fact that we're talking about our salvation in Christ and God's word in describing that salvation has taken us back to the very beginning tells us something important. What the Bible says about the beginning matters. So I know what you may be taught in school, but can I just explain something? According to Scripture, which you've got to decide if you believe Scripture. But according to Scripture, what you understand about salvation is directly tied to what you understand about creation. Because if there was no literal Adam, then what God is about to tell us about Jesus Christ is irrelevant. Just kind of an extra today. So Paul starts talking uh, about Adam. Look at in Genesis in chapter 2 and in verse 15. We have the origin uh, of this account that Paul's describing. Listen to this. The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it, to take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden. But you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat it, you will surely die. So you know what's happened. God's created everything that was. He said, man, this is good, but it's not great. So then he created mankind. And he created Adam out of of the dust. And, And he said, man, this is good, but something's missing. And so then from Adam's side, he created Eve. And and he said, wow, this is great. And he puts Adam and Eve in the garden. And and the verses we just read, it it says he tells them to work the garden and and enjoy the garden. They, They can do almost anything they want. There's one thing they're not supposed to do. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? 
it would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. So here in the beginning, God gave them a life purpose. He gave him a life purpose. What was his life purpose? To work. Now, I expected there might be some booze when I said that. Because that's part of our life purpose, right? We, we may not like it, but we were created to work. And I don't understand all how this looks, but I, I just want to tell you, the, the best I read scripture, um, even in heaven, it, it's not just you... Um, flying around on your holy scooter, uh, I, I think somehow there's going to be holy work that's taking place. So God wants us to live on purpose and to discover our purpose here. And so, again, let me just give you a side note. That means if you're dissatisfied in your work, if you're dissatisfied in your life purpose, that becomes a spiritual question. You need to begin to ask yourself, is this a holy or an unholy dissatisfaction? Am I dissatisfied because I don't have my whole heart into it? I'm not giving God my best or because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm falling short somehow? Or is my dissatisfaction coming because I'm not doing the things God created me to do where he created me to do them? So he gave him a life purpose. And then the second thing he did is he gave him liberty, freedom. Now, this is important because here we see a principle that's going to follow all throughout Scripture. God creates us with this freedom of will. He puts the world before us. We have choices we can make, and those choices determine how our life path goes. This is not rocket science, right? How many of you have ever used your free will, your freedom of choice, your liberty to do something you wish you would not have done? Let me see your hands. That's all of us. Of course you have. The reality is we understand this principle. God gives us liberty. But there was a third thing. He gave him one law. So there's life, a life purpose. There's liberty. But before we knew about the pursuit of happiness, there was a prohibition. There was one law. Now, I want you to think about that prohibition. God had created this fantastic garden. I'm not talking about the kind of garden that I could create because it would be brown and constantly dying. God created this plush, luscious, wonderful garden. Whatever you like, whatever you think that is beautiful or tasty or good or pleasing, imagine a garden full of that. That's what God had created. And then he said, but hey, there's this one tree. And we don't even know what the tree looked like. Sometimes it's been depicted as this beautiful tree. It could have been a shrub. We don't know. But there was one tree. And God said, now stay away from that one. Why did he do that? 
here too is kind of a bonus. It's a side note of, of something that will help you spiritually. Because some of you look at God and, and you think of him. I say this often, but you think he's this cosmic killjoy and he's just waiting to zap you with a, a laser or, or, or to take you out when you misstep, when you do something wrong, that he wants to hurt you. Is that what God is? Does he just keep you in the headlock? No. I want you to think about it this way. How many of you like Oreos? Let me see your hand. I'm not supposed to eat them. If you don't like Oreos, oh my goodness, I can't imagine. Went to Publix yesterday and I just spent some time worshiping on the Oreo aisle. <laughs> I looked around and there's all kind of Oreos. There's fudge covered Oreos. There's Cakesters. There's Minis. There's Megas. There's Double Stuffs. <laughs> there's Thins. Why would you bother with the Thins? I'm just saying. <laughs> It's Halloween, so there's Spookies, there's Toffee Crunch, there's Java Chip. Can I get a witness? It took everything in me not to put the Java Chip in my basket. There's Lemon Mint, why bother? There's Peanut Butter. I mean, what kind of Oreo is there not? Oreos, thank you, Jesus. But what if, as I was looking along that aisle, I, I saw an Oreo package, but it was clearly marked Poison! I wouldn't want to pick that up, right? Now, what's interesting is I was thinking through this. I thought, I guarantee you, if that happened, if that was on the Oreo aisle in Publix, and even no matter how clearly it was marked poison, somebody would pick it up. But that's what God was trying to do. He was saying, hey, I've got you all these choices. All these things are available to you. Just stay away from this one thing. Why? Because it's poison. It's going to hurt you. And we learn something important. There's no freedom in doing those things which will ultimately hurt you. Just ask that alcoholic who picked up the first drink and thought for a moment that it was going to take away the pain. That it was going to give pleasure. Until it put them in bondage. Just ask the husband or wife that's addicted to pornography. They just took one glance. And then the mind began to change. And they can't put it down. Oh, there's no freedom in doing that which will ultimately hurt you. And yet that's what took place. In the garden, in paradise, Adam took the poison package of Oreos. How it all began, and then where it all went wrong. Some of us are old enough to look in our, our lives, and, and we can see those places where it all went wrong. Adam sinned. There's a doctrine that we describe about his sin. Do you know what it's called? It's the doctrine of original sin. Have you heard that before? It, it's the belief that because of what Adam, the first man, did when he sinned, now sin has entered into all mankind. And, and so everyone that's been born after Adam sinned. Adam was the representative sinner. You think of it this way, there's something in, in life and society that's parallel to this. It's called the federal representative. You realize even in our republic, we're not a democracy, we're a republic. But even in our republic, though we get to vote, there is someone that represents us. 
We talked last week about in foreign countries how ambassadors represent us. When the Olympics take place, guess who represents us? Those athletes. Um, but, but when that athlete or that team wins a gold medal, when you look on the medal count, ultimately they don't just put the names of the individual. What do they put? The nation. Because they're federal representatives. Uh, when we go to war, um, can I tell you something? Whether you wanted to be at war or not, if you're a citizen of this nation, as an American, you're at war. Because there's a, a federal representative. And, and here's the deal. We're in such a silly, silly, divisive season. And people look at elected official and they say, that's not my governor. Or that's not my president. Well, you're wrong. If you're a, a citizen here, they, they really are. Because that's a federal representative. So what we see in Adam is God creating this principle. God chose the perfect person that he could create. He created Adam to the best of his ability, but he knew that Adam would fall short. And so our representative, Adam, he messed up and we tend to think that's not fair. I didn't blow it. Why am I a sinner? Well, because you couldn't have done any better than Adam did. The best of humanity was infected by the sinful decision of Adam. He chose to reject the clear command of God. He disobeyed. And as a result, we disobey. We sin. That means we're sinners from the moment we're born. I have to remind you of this, church. Because in our world where we like to focus on just the good, we miss this important truth of the gospel. Romans 3 verse 23 says, all, say all, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means we are not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. This is just how we're born. The theologian G.K. Chesterton has said that original sin is the only doctrine that's empirically verifiable. In other words, you can look at the youngest children and, and see that they sin. Right? You see this in children, right? The selfishness, the focus on me and mine, the desire to have what we want. So Adam sinned, and Scripture says it started a chain reaction. Sin entered the world, death entered the world, and then death spread to everything in the world. And so this doctrine of original sin reminds us that all death, all disease, all depression, all the dark things of this life entered the world because of sin. And Jesus affirmed this one day. Somebody was coming along the road and... And, and, and Jesus passed this man that had been blind since birth. And the disciples said, hey, who sinned? Did he sin or is his, his parents sin? Why is he, he blind? And, and, and Jesus basically said he, he's blind not because of a specific sin, but just because of the existence of sin in the world. And in some ways, this should be encouraging to us because we're battling stuff, right? You've got diseases, you're, you're grieving the deaths of loved ones, sometimes very prematurely, and you wonder why. 
And, and the answer goes back to this original sin. The, the answer goes back to the fact that sin is in the world. Adam ushered in this reign of death. And because of sin, since Adam, everyone has died. Save two people. You know who they are? Say their names. Enoch and Elijah. Another message for another day, but they walked with God and God took them up. But their life here on earth still ended. So how does this continue? Look at verse 13. For before the law was given, sin was in the world, but sin is not taken into account when there was no law. Now, I think two things are being addressed here. First, uh, Paul's acknowledging before God gave Moses the law, the Ten Commandments, out of which another 13,000 laws eventually eventually derived, Before that, there was still sin in the world, even though there wasn't law. Uh, But God dealt with the people differently. But there's a second thing I want you to see from this passage. This is one of the verses that, that people look to to help us think about what we call an age of accountability. That those who don't have the ability to understand the law, you know, God accounts for that differently. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.